0: Let's get into the Word. We're in Daniel chapter 3 this morning, and we're going to read verses 8 through 18. Daniel chapter 3 verses 8 through 18. All right, here we go. Wherefore, at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace is this starting to sound familiar to some of you probably most of you if not all of you have heard of the the fiery furnace now verse 12 there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach Meshach and Abednego <clears throat> excuse me these men o king have not regarded thee they serve not thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready... that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the key image which I have made well. In other words, it will be well for you. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? I think that's what sealed his fate right there, don't you? He didn't know what God he was talking about. Verse 16, listen now. This is their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us From the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now I want to put my focus on verse 16 for a few minutes, where they said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. To answer thee in this matter, simply meaning they were all, already had made their made up their mind. They had already determined before they were faced with this challenge what they were going to do. They were already uh, prepared to give a speech to the king. And so today I've got an assignment for you. This is going to be the title of my message. But this is going to be an assignment for those of you who are facing or uh, fighting hell by the acre, so to speak. And here is your assignment and here is the title. Prepare your victory speech. Prepare your victory speech. Look at these guys. I mean, he said, we are not careful to answer thee. They didn't have to stop and think about it because they had already done that. If you remember, Daniel uh, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Amen. In other words, he decided ahead of time what he was going to do when he got into a situation that required commitment to a decision already made. And decisions are made in a moment, but but discipline is what follows through with those decisions, that, that carries those decisions to fruition. So be sure that when you're preparing your victory speech, that number one, you establish a preemptive resolve. You establish a preemptive resolve. Listen to this. The best preparation for serving God faithfully when it's tough, are you listening? Is serving him faithfully when it's not tough. Can I say that again? The best preparation for serving God when it's tough is to serve him faithfully when it's easy. You might as well go ahead and comment amen right there because so many times people wait until they need God to try to start serving him to get his attention. And that's not how you get his attention to start with. You don't get his attention by trying to start doing right. That never got God's attention. That just gets you in more trouble with him because now you're living in self-righteousness. What you need to do is decide that you're gonna put your faith in him and live for him day in and day out, morning, noon, night, amen. don't matter where you are Sunday morning or Saturday night you're going to be serving God don't wait until you're in trouble then to decide whether or not you're going to serve God you need to establish a preemptive resolve like Shadrach Meshach and Abednego did that no matter what you are God's he is yours and this is just the way that it's going to be somebody shout amen in your living room amen Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number one says remember now Oh, thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. In other words, you don't wait until you're old, decrepit, grumpy, and cynical about life to start trying to serve God. No, you serve him right now in your heyday. uh, Some people say, well, I'll wait till I'm retired and then donate my time to ministry. Right now, I've got a life to build, a career to build. God is saying he wants the best of your life, not the leftovers. Somebody say amen right there. So you need to establish a preemptive resolve that your whole life is God's from your youth to, your, uh, to, your, uh, to the sunset of your life. Amen. That it all belongs to God. I was out witnessing one time trying to lead this man to the Lord. And he said, well, I just got too many things that I want to do first. I want there's too many things I want to see there's too many places I want to go right now preacher I'll do that later in life but right now if I get saved I, I know I can't do some of the things that I have planned to do and it, he didn't realize how foolish he was being I'm telling you right now if you are blessed and even if you're not blessed the only pathway forward is to serve God through it all and if you serve Him when it's easy then when it gets tough uh, you will already Already be in good practice, Amen. You will have already made up your mind. You will have already spent some time uh, with the Lord, Amen. And I don't know how to silence that phone, so somebody uh, help uh, unplug that thing, please, Amen. I, I didn't expect that phone to start ringing in the middle of my church service, Hallelujah. All right, but anyway, uh, back. Uh, I don't want to get distracted. Listen, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego established a preemptive resolve. That way, when trouble came. It was already decided. It was already decided. Listen, young people, if you want to commit your lives to purity until marriage, are you listening? If you want to keep your purity, your virginity till marriage, you've got to decide now You can't wait until you're uh, out on a date with a girl and end up in a place where things could happen that shouldn't happen. You've got to decide right now what you're going to do. If you wait until you're in the heat of the moment, you'll make a poor decision. I'm telling you the best way to serve God when it gets tough is to serve him right now in your life. Amen. Amen. And so when you're faithful to God, God will always be faithful to you. So establish a preemptive resolve. That's what they did. In verse sixteen, when they said we are not careful to answer thee, so uh, you need to just go ahead and do that. Now let me go on to verse number seventeen. Watch your Bible. The Bible said, "If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of the hand of out of thine hand, O King." So they acknowledge not only God's ability but they also stated not only is God able to do it but they said God will do it that's what they said now I understand in verse 18 they said but if not but we'll deal with it if not in a minute right now I want you to notice something number two to prepare a victory speech you need to be willing to exclaim a prophetic result You need to be willing to proclaim or exclaim a prophetic result. Uh, The truth is, according to verse 18, they wasn't 100% sure whether or not God would spare their lives. But regardless of their lack of knowledge of the end result, they were willing to step out in faith and say, not only is God able, but God will do it. Amen. And they're doing this based on God's promises, based on God's power, and based on God's past track record. Amen. If you study God through his word, you will understand that he is a deliverer. That's what he does. When you study God, you will understand that he listens to and gives a aid to those who are in need of comfort, those who are in need of help. When you cry out to God, he hears your prayer. And so based upon knowing what God did yesterday, you can say, assuredly, the Savior, who is the same yesterday, today and forever, will not fail me now. Amen? And so you need to be willing to start talking some faith talk in your life. Now listen, let me say it this way. Faith talk, is not baseless predictions. Faith talk is not educated guesswork. Here's what faith talk is. Faith talk is putting your mouth where your trust is. If you trust the Lord, then say you trust the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord, help me now, say so. And let me say it this way, if you really trust God, then be willing to put your mouth where your heart is. Don't be embarrassed. See, some people are afraid to exclaim a prophetic result over their situation because they're thinking, what if God doesn't come through? Then that will make me look like a fool. Are you concerned about your reputation or are you concerned about giving God glory? If you will base your prophetic result declaration on a promise from God's word, on God's power, and God's past track record, God knows how to get glory out of it no matter how he may or may not respond to your faith talk. But you need to be willing to let the world know whose you are and who you are. You're a child of the king, you're serving God, and you're putting all of your weight on him and you're counting on him to see you through. There's been many times I've had to tell my my family I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know he is. Sometimes I wonder if they get tired of hearing me say that, but I'm not tired of saying it because uh, I feel like Peter who said Lord to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of life. I don't have a fallback plan. My fallback plan is Jesus. Amen. And if I fall and crumble apart in his hands, I'm still in a good position because I'm in the nail-scarred hands of the healer who's able to put me back together again, who's able to make all things well, who's able, amen, the Bible says, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think, amen, he is able, amen, the Bible says, uh, 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 Romans eight twenty eight. we know that all things work together for good. It may not be good, but it'll work together for good, amen, uh, to the that he may establish us to the end that he may use us for his glory so go ahead and make your prophecy based on the word of God and just declare I'm going to see a victory declare I'm going to win this battle declare I'm not going to be burned up but I'm not even going to have the smell of smoke on me you go ahead and lay your claim to what God is able to do and what God is willing to do and leave the results up to him and don't worry about it Go ahead and exclaim your prophetic result, Amen. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They uh, they put in all their chips, so to speak. They they laid it all at the foot of the cross and said, "God, this is my life." use it amen if you're facing trouble today don't you accept defeat don't you lay around say well it looks like the end for me looks like i'm fixing to give it up Uh, don't you give up on praying for your friends and family over situations they find themselves in amen we still serve a god that is yet able amen and you need to begin to talk faith talk and trust god and show him you trust him by talking about it amen Well, preacher people think I'm crazy. I go to talking like that. They already think you're crazy. Amen. Go ahead and solidify it for them. Praise God. It'll do them some good to hear somebody bold enough and daring enough to start talking like Jesus. And start talking like the Word. Really, we're just talking like God. You know, if if we bear His resemblance, if we have His characteristics. uh, uh, You know, people tell me all the time, my children look a lot like me. They have a lot of... uh, a uh, resemblance. Uh, what's huh? That a compliment. He takes it as a compliment. Well, praise God, son. You, is he you seeing Bath? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, listen. When we bear the resemblance of our Father, I believe not only should we bear His image, but we should bear His personality, yes. His 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 actions. Did not Jesus tell His disciples that? Uh, that because I go to my Father, the things that I do shall you do and greater works than this shall you do because I go to my Father? In other words, we're to look like Jesus, we're to act like Jesus, we're to preach like Jesus, we're to heal like Jesus. I know some of you are really afraid of that word healing right there. What I mean by that is we should bear His healing word to all who need receiving of healing in their heart, in their body, in their mind, in their soul, amen. Jesus is the healer. It's, we're not the healer Jesus is but we should bear his name so that the power of his name when spoken can deliver the power that it has in it but listen you cannot you cannot expect healing to occur in somebody like, the bible says he sent his word and healed them how are they going to be healed if they don't hear how they going to, how are they going to hear the gospel without a preacher How's your neighbor going to know about Jesus if you tell him Amen. How's somebody going to know that they can receive the touch of God in their life? Unless you go lay your hands on them and pray for them in the name of the Lord. I'm just telling you, put your mouth where your trust is. Start talking about Jesus. Start lifting up the name of the Lord. Start talking victory and realizing that God is still very much alive and able and well and working in the hearts and lives of those who put their fullest confidence in him. Amen. So, so first... Establish a preemptive resolve. Second, exclaim a prophetic result. And now, thirdly, let's look at verse 18. Watch your Bibles. Verse 18. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. So here's what I want you to see thirdly. Number three, once you have established a preemptive resolve. Once you have exclaimed a prophetic result based upon the promises of God's word, here's what happens. You will begin to experience a peaceful reinforcement. You will begin to experience a peaceful reinforcement. Here's what happened. They said, this is what God can do. This is what God will do. But even if it don't happen, we are resolved to go to go to the grave for our lord we are resolved to accept whatever god allows to happen in our lives in other words they had a peace to come over them it was a peace that came not in what they knew but it came in who they knew and your peace will always come not through what you know and understand but who you know and understand amen you need to know who it is that you're putting your trust in that's why jesus taught us that when we pray first matter of business our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name amen you begin to lift up the name of the lord amen don't bring your burdens before him and throw him at his feet without first acknowledging who he is and what he's able to do once you get your perspective up Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord. That doesn't mean that you're going to make God bigger. That just means you're going to make him bigger in your own perspective. You need to get your perspective right. Quit talking to God, amen, like like he's your uncle that might help you and might not, depending on what mood he's in. Amen. Start talking to God like he is eager to help and ready to help, amen, and and, and will honor the faith of those that put their full faith in him. Amen. Understand then that when you begin to have these resolves, that you will experience a peaceful reinforcement that no matter what happens, even with or without the knowledge or the understanding of the end result, that you are at peace with it and you're okay with it. Amen. Uh, Can you say, Lord, I'll still serve you no matter what. This is what I'm asking for, but if you don't give it to me, I still resolve. I'm at peace because I know you're ultimately in charge. That's where you need to be, amen. You can, let me say this, you can handle the if nots of life by knowing the if so's of life, all right? They said if not. Have you ever had some if nots in your life that you're worried about? Just quit worrying about them. Put them in God's hands, quit worrying about them. You can handle the if nots by knowing the if so's. Here's your Bible verse, Romans chapter eight, verse nine but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. (laughs) So if so be that the spirit of God lives in you, then greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you can handle the if nots because Jesus Christ lives in you. He's the if so, amen. And so I'm glad uh, that God is able to do it. That's exactly right, brother Robert. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter four and verse 16 says be careful for nothing or don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving don't come to God with a sour attitude come to him with an attitude of gratitude amen with supplication thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God and here's what happens and the peace of God. It didn't say the wisdom of God right there. It didn't say the understanding of God right there. It didn't say the foreknowledge of God right there. It didn't say it would give you a prophecy that the outcome would be just perfect. It just said the peace of God, which passeth, or you might say is better than understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. I've said this before, I'll say it again. Sometimes what you need is not understanding, but you need peace. Because if God gave you the understanding that you're asking for, uh, it would only complicate things and just give you more to worry about. Because we cannot, with finite minds, understand the infinite mind of a Holy Father. Let me tell you, God is thinking on a whole completely different plane and level than we are. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his. He is higher than all of us. You've got to understand that better than understanding is a peace that surpasses it all. So that's why I can say it is well with my soul. Even in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of not knowing what tomorrow holds, I can still know who holds tomorrow, amen? Amen. So I thank God for that promise. So establish a preemptive resolve. Exclaim a prophetic result and experience a peaceful reinforcement. Let me close this now. Uh, Verses 19 through 30 gives us the rest of the story, but I want to narrow in on verses 23 through 25 real quickly. And these three men, this was after they throwed them into the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound. They fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was... uh, astonied or astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. And the, oh, glory to God, the Holy Ghost says stop right there. They had no hurt, amen. Uh, you may feel like it's gonna hurt you, amen. Uh, but the, God has a way of keeping the weight of life uh, from hurting you, keep it from damaging you. Oh, it may it may hurt temporarily, but you give God some time to work and the healer can make it where there's no hurt. Uh, he can get you past your past. He can get you past your pain. He can get you through your trouble. You'll be singing the victory on the other side of your fiery furnace, amen. And let me say the fourth man's in the fire with you. And the the fourth man uh, is the first love of your life, amen. His name is Jesus. Uh, He's right there with you, amen. You may go in bound, you may go in down, uh, but you'll come out uh, loose uh, and you'll come out walking on your feet, walking on cloud nine uh, because Jesus took control, amen. Jesus is your fire insurance. Jesus is your protector. Jesus is your guide. And I'm telling you, he'll hold you in the midst of your fiery trial. He will protect you. He will preserve you. He will help you. Amen. And he will do so in such a way that other people will look into your fiery situation and see Jesus walking around in your life. And they'll say, had it not been for the Lord who was on their side, they would have been burned up by this trial. But look at them shining. Look at them succeeding. Look at them overcoming. Look at them. They don't even smell like smoke. Look what a God they serve. Because what happened next was King Nebuchadnezzar had a revival in his heart. Amen. It caused the whole nation to know of the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you'll give God enough time, by the time God gets through with your trouble by the time god gets through with your trial it'll be a testimony not just for you but everybody around watching you uh, thinking that you're gonna cave under pressure thinking that you're gonna quit thinking that you're gonna fall thinking that it's gonna be your end and god is gonna raise you up and he's gonna use you as a testimony of his glory i believe that don't you amen Woo! hallelujah might get fired up here in a minute So he answered, and I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And the the old pagan king recognized the Son of God as the Son of God, not because he was familiar with him, but because Jesus will identify himself to those he calls. And if he's dialing your number, you'll know it's him. That's the power of the working of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And I want you to know right now that Jesus is walking in the fire with you. Can I close with one more quick reference out of Psalm chapter 114. Remember, the title of my message is your assignment. Prepare a victory speech. You say, I ain't won yet. That's okay. You don't have to have one to go ahead and write your speech up. Just do it. And just declare the victory. Amen. Listen to what happened Psalm 114. Uh, when Israel went out of Egypt, you remember when uh, Israel was delivered from Egyptian bondage? It said, when Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of strange language, that's the Egyptians, Judah was his sanctuary. First of all, Judah means praise. Secondly, the reference to the his is talking about the Lord. Judah praise is the lord's sanctuary Hmm. god cannot be boxed up into a man-sized structure in other words we can't build him a house that will contain him he said behold heaven is my throne earth is my footstool. where are you going to put me (laughs) you know god is so big the bible says he has to humble himself to behold the heavens Look at all the heavens that we can see with our natural eye, up on a blue lit starry night. And all of that majestic splendor. And the Bible says God's so big He has to humble Himself to behold that. That's beneath Him. Good God Almighty, we're talking about we're talking about the One who the Bible says inhabits to pray. You want to build God a house? Here's what here's how you do it. You praise Him. God dwells in praise. Hallelujah! Amen. That's why the devil has lied to you and caused you to be afraid of praise, caused you to criticize praise, caused you to be rid, uh, rid, uh, to ridicule others who praise God. Right. Amen. Because the devil knows that the moment you start praising him in spirit and in truth, he dwells right there, and where he dwells, he takes over. Yeah. All right. So Judah was his sanctuary praise was his house amen israel his dominion the sea saw it what sea? the red sea remember the red sea parted when when moses lifted the staff you remember the story the sea saw it and fled jordan was driven back you remember they crossed jordan on dry ground they crossed the red sea on dry ground the mountains skipped like rams the little hills like lambs you remember uh when uh, when the law was given to moses how the mountains did tremble and shake and the rocks were rent remember that now listen to this verse five and this is what your victory may sound like after the fact but i'm telling you some of you may not get your victory until you go ahead and write your victory speech in advance. And not just write it and prepare it, but start giving it. Because God honors faith. That's my whole point. Now listen, what ailed thee, O oh thou sea, that thou fleddest? In other words, hey, Red Sea, what happened to you? Where, were you, where are you at now? Hey, what caused you to get out of our way? Hey, Jordan River said, uh thou jordan river that thou wast driven back in other words, hey in other words and this is how it applies to you hey trouble where are you at now <laughs> what caused you to get sick and weak and unable to have any more power over me my goodness think about your victory speech and what it's going to look like when you start testifying of how god overcame your troubles Ye mountains that ye skipped like rams, and ye little hills like lambs. Jesus said, uh, if you have the faith of the size of a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast and seed, it shall do it. Mm. Tremble thou earth at the presence of the Lord. That reminds me of a, a quote that I heard I believe it was Dr. Charles Stanley, he defined success as simply living in the presence of God. I love that. Because with God's presence comes all his person, all his promises, all of his power, and all of his glory. So, we can live in God's presence, we can live from God's presence, and we can watch the earth tremble at the presence of the Lord At the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters. I'm just telling you, if you go ahead and write your victory speech, you'll see God do some things because you started declaring your victory speech before you ever had victory because you exhibited faith and faith activates the power of God in your life. Not faith in anything, but faith in the Lord. Amen. Go ahead. Prepare your victory. Please. Get ready for a win, but declare a win and then trust God with the results and see what God will do. I'm just challenging you. Amen. Don't sit there and get all depressed and all discouraged and count your losses, and hang your hat, and sor- uh, hang your head in sorrow. Rather, Amen. Uh, uh, don't don't slump over and walk around depressed and discouraged. Amen. And grumbling and griping and complaining and whining. Amen. Get your song back. Get your shout back. Amen. Some of you quit church, quit coming to church because uh, some, you allow somebody else to take your victory from you. Well, you shouldn't ever let anybody take your praise from you, take your service from you. You should serve God. And God alone because he is worthy of your devotion and praise. Get your song back. Get your victory back down in your soul, and you'll begin to see God give victories that mean something really significant to you in your life. Amen, Amen, church. We're going to pray, and then we're going to sing a little chorus I want you to learn with me. All right, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the word. Help us, Lord, to declare the victory and to watch you work And trust you with the results, no matter what they may be. Whether we win or whether we consider it a loss from our perspective. Help us to be okay with however you decide to render a victory for us. And more importantly, for your name. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, There's a song, I don't know if i got enough voice. So my family's going to give me a little backup here. It's called... uh, I don't know what it's called, but let me just let me sing you the little chorus. We've got the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Though Satan rages. We cannot be defeated. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Now sing it with me. We've got the power. Lift your hands to the Lord in the name of Jesus. We've got the power In the name of the Lord Though Satan rages We cannot be defeated We've got the power